I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. is happening everybody what is going on i am your host rj carbone and you are listening to or maybe watching episode 216 of bd4 welcome to the podcast if you are new to the podcast uh be sure to toss us a you know uh, subscribe to us or toss us a follow you can follow me on instagram facebook or twitter you can subscribe to the blog that I also write when I talk about the Yankees and the Knicks. And if, again, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, BD4, where we also talk Yankees and Knicks, obviously, then you can go ahead and do that right now. Um, you know, for all that information, you might as well just go to my link tree at linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. But <laughs> I hope everybody's doing well. Um, as I am recording, it is a uh, February 20, let's see, yeah, February 25th on a Thursday night as I am recording, just after fresh off the Knicks um, bounce back victory at the Garden over the Sacramento Kings. Um, so we're obviously going to recap the last couple of nights. Um, you know, there are fans in the seats now, and so that was exciting, and we're going to talk about all that in a bit, but I do hope you're doing well. Hope your week has gone by <laughs> pretty swiftly so far. We are almost there, almost uh, almost Friday. Uh, but as you're listening to this, it is Friday. So happy Friday to you. Um, yeah. Pretty slow in, in the um, Yankees news. So we're not really going to have any episodes until the spring training gets started. And spring training is... Not only is it around the corner, um, Sunday will be the first game where the Yankees take on, I'm pretty sure, the Blue Jays. So, um, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, we're going to be doing, I'm pretty sure, I'm 90% sure, we will be starting up the podcast and the blog for these spring training games. For the ones that'll, that'll be televised, obviously, we'll recap every one of the blog. And then, um, I think we'll do the same thing, you know. As far as the podcast goes, well, um, obviously, since there's no uh, series in spring training, we'll recap every two games, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But obviously, once a regular season starts, as far as the Yankees go, we'll do the norm. We'll recap every game in the blog, and then we'll do series recaps in the podcast. Um, but, you know, I'll keep you guys updated for all two of you who do follow along with what I'll be doing during spring training. So stay tuned. Um, yeah, no, nothing really going on in there in terms of the Yankees and shit. Just, just, you know, making some final moves with the roster and getting everything situated before spring training exhibition starts. Um, in terms of the NBA, you know, been watching some, there's, there's been some good games lately. Some really competitive basketball games going on lately with the, uh, you know, obviously the uh, Lakers are missing AD. The Bucks just had a 
big win over the Pelicans tonight. I just watched that. Pretty good game. Uh, didn't Obviously didn't see the whole thing because the Knicks were on at the same time, but I saw the last few minutes. Interesting. Um, did you guys see that Kyrie Irving Instagram post? Uh, first of all, he's advocating for the NBA to change the logo to Kobe Bryant, which I think would be awesome. To be honest with you, I think that'd be awesome. I was the one, I was one of the many, I'm sure, who said that um, last year after his passing. I think that that idea came out that that would have been a nice tribute to him, and you know, it hasn't happened yet, but kind of resurfaced. And and Kyrie Irving made an Instagram post. <laughs> Again, love the idea. But the, the reasoning in the caption was just a little absurd to me. Um, you know, I'm not even going to say it. I'm sure you saw the post. Just what he said in the caption. It's, it's you know, it's typical modern athlete shit that it's race baiting modern athlete shit. And it's, it's just, it's, I hate when they combine sports and like societal shit, politically shit, politically driven Shit, it's just like, dude, like the league was, the, first of all, the fans created the league, right? They are the reason you have all this fame, and there are plenty of good players from all races, too. Um, Jerry West is the logo for a reason. He was a monster, dude. Just the reasoning behind his wanting to change the logo is just a little absurd, you know? The double standards, too, I'm sure, if the roles were reversed and somebody else said something different. Fucking A. I'm sorry. It's, I'm not even going to try to get into that because I don't like bringing that up and into the sh onto my show. But, you know, I'm sure if you saw the post, you know what I'm talking about. Um, But, like, what the fuck? You know? The league didn't start when you were born, buddy. Like, oh, God, I hate these double standards sometimes. And they could just get away with it, of course. Guys like Kyrie, because they've got the platform and they're following the popular narrative around the media, you know, so they can get away with it. Uh, Kyrie. Speaking of shit like that, how fucked up this world is going. Fucking Mr. Potato Head is now. I think they they, they reversed it. I think um, the Associated Press said that after all, they were going to keep Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> They were trying to, I think the plan originally was to make it gender neutral and they were going to stop calling it that and, you know, in stores and shit, whenever they sold it, just going to be potato head. <laughs> Tell you, man, I just, every fucking day that goes by, I'm just thankful that I am not one of those people who think that way. I'm just so thankful. I just can't, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Perfect time to sip my tea. Yeah. All right. Um, let's let's get back on 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 topic here, and um, I want to talk Knicks, man, because this team has been balling overall this season, and they deserve me talking about them and not wasting my time, you know, bullshitting on shit that nobody really cares about. Um, so let's get to it. Let's head to our first break, and um, you know, when we get back, we'll get right into the swing of things, and we'll talk Knicks. We'll go over the. Warriors game, game 32 of the season where they took on the Warriors and then we'll go over tonight's exciting victory um, and again if you're listening to this it's last night um, against the Sacramento Kings so 
Let's head to our first break, and we'll get right into it when we get back. All right. All right, so, yeah, man. Um, so you had, let's see, I don't know, a couple nights ago. Was it Tuesday night? Uh, fans were welcomed back into the garden, right? It was the Knicks Warriors. You had Julius Randle announced as an all-star that night. What a better way to, a better time. No better time to announce him as an all-star when you have 2,000 fans coming back into MSG. Um, so he was announced the All-Star, and the Knicks put him on center court, gave a little speech. Um, the fans chanted MVP. How how crazy is that, that like things can change that drastically in one year? Where we were booing him. A lot of people were booing the guy just a year ago, and here we are chanting MVP. But it's the epitome of the New York fan base. <laughs> you know, um, that's how we are. We, 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 we don't do it because we hate. We do it because we love. It, it's a passionate thing. Um, they're just, they just want to see the team play well. And that's how it works. And, and I'm sure the players know that. Um, anyhow, yeah, he, you know, they played the, uh, the Knicks played a nice little message too on the, on the, um, what do you call the, the Jumbotron from his mother, congratulating Julius on, uh, making the all-star game. So good emotional moment. It was nice to see him get some praise there from the fans and, you know, everybody was uh, happy for him. So then the game happened. <laughs> then the game happened where the Knicks took the uh, the 114 to 106 loss. Um, you know, first half, first half of the game was pretty sharp, right? It was a pretty good first half. Then that third quarter came around and it got very, very ugly there uh, in the second half, right? Um, but overall, you know, pretty poor defense for the Knicks. They were pretty slow on their closeouts. That was a big thing I was noticing as the game went on, especially RJ. Um, the offense was just repulsive in game 32 against the Warriors. You know, uh, seven out of the 10 Knicks shot below 50%. So pretty bad offense. Uh, the rotation issues became a concern again. Thibodeau not pulling the starters quick enough in that third quarter leaving a lethargic R.J. Barrett in there to close the game later on. Um, you know, IQ given just 13 more minutes. Was he struggling some? Sure. But, you know, a 1 for 4 can easily turn into a you know, a 4 for 8 or 4 for 7 Have you just gave him a few more ticks on the clock and gave him a few more minutes and let him take a few more shots that easily could have turned into a good game. Um, that's how he is. He's a microwave scorer. Come on, man. Um, Obi Toppin, seven points, three for three. He was just given 13 minutes. So some questionable decisions there in game 32 of the season against the Warriors from Tom Thibodeau, um, leading to some poor spacing and poor shooting because of that. You know, um, very poor shooting at the rim in particular in this one. Just, you know, with the poor officiating, especially you take that into account combined with the poor spacing, you're not going to get a good night down low. Uh, and that's where the Knicks usually thrive, in the paint. They were just 50%, though, in the paint under the rim, which is 13 points below league average. Um, 
you know, D. Rose in particular had a really tough time down there down the stretch. Uh, he had one whistle all night, just two free throw attempts. So, RJ got nothing. He got banged around a few times down there. There was that call against RJ on that play with Ubre that was not overturned once Tom Thibodeau challenged. And bullshit call, I think. Um, just rough officiating. Just really rough. And a rough night for the Knicks offensively. Um, you know, it starts out. You know, pretty pretty competitive, right? Uh, Golden State, though, exposing the Knicks' defensive scheme where, you know, they pretty much know how the Knicks operate defensively where they pack the paint and they force teams to shoot the three ball. Um, you know, the Knicks allow 37 a night from downtown, 37 attempts a night from downtown. That's the last time I checked, it was fourth in the league. So, you know, it looks like the Warriors knew that, and you had Curry and Oubre start off the game by launching a couple of triples and making both um, near the left wing. 6 nothing Warriors. Um, later on, they just keep hitting threes. They end up going 6 for 11 from downtown. Knicks, you know, a cute 3 for 6 um, in the first quarter, but, you know, they're hanging in there. And, you know, once Julius and RJ started to connect from three, Rose got one to fall, and the Knicks were managing to stay in it at least so they entered the second quarter down 36 to 31 right an offensive minded first but still productive offensively um second quarter comes and the knicks even take the lead um you know with golden state starters on the bench um to begin the quarter the Knicks second unit take advantage of that and they and they they really do they do well you had derrick rose uh who 12 points and six assists in the first half uh Obi Toppin was playing well, and you, know, you found the Knicks up four points at halftime. So, looking good that first quarter. Looking really good. Um, third quarter comes. That's that's kind of where it fucking gets really ugly. The game just gets away from the Knicks completely. Um, Tom Thibodeau with the long leash and the starters. Despite them looking very sluggish, he keeps them in a little too long. 10-0 Warriors run out of the gate, no changes. 23-6 Warriors run, no changes. You know, Curry ends up dropping 15 of his 37 in the quarter. Um, you know, a few minutes left. Tibbs finally checks in Alec Burks, but he doesn't check in Rose until like the three-minute mark and change. And Rose was the biggest reason the Knicks were even winning the game at one point. Uh, waits a long time to bring him back into the game, and that to me kind of messed everything up. The Knicks were out of rhythm by then, and they were down nine points after the third quarter. Fourth quarter comes. They do make a fake comeback, right? Uh, a lot of missed shots to start the fourth. You know, the Knicks go on a 12-3 run um, right out of the gate. You know, but it lasts like a long time. You know, it's like a 12-3 run, but it's like three minutes left. And it was it was a 12-3 run or some shit like that from the top of the quarter. Um, but yeah, Randall's hustle layup ties it up. And you have the Knicks looking like they're they're going to make this one a, a competitive ending here. Um, but, you know, from there on out, they just can't contain that powerful trio of Steph Curry, Kelly Oubre, and the officials. <laughs> that's, 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 that was it. You know, you had that foul on RJ with a minute left, and that was kind of the deal being sealed there. The Knicks take the loss. Um, just a very ugly, very disturbing... Uh, hurt your stomach kind of game I didn't like that performance I thought it was a very pathetic effort from the Knicks um, but you know it's going to happen um, you had Randall going for 25-10-7 um, just 38% uh, 
Uh, first time he was under 40%, I think since like February 7th against the Heat. Um, you had RJ, four points, one for nine. You had Peyton, 20 points on 19 shots, um, allowing 37 points to Curry. Bullock, seven points. Woohoo. Rose, 16 and eight. Um, again, though, just, just a bad night, and so we move on. So that was, uh, that was game one. Um, again, just, it was just, it was just not good. You know, there was nothing I really liked from it against the Warriors there. They just, the Warriors had their number the entire night. And even when, even, even when the game was competitive in that first half, you just felt like the Knicks were eventually going to lose their edge, right? You felt like eventually the Warriors were going to pull away and they did, you know, just stagnant offense and Alfred Payton just launching up shots and, you know, taking enough shots to where he can score a good amount of points and to make his line look good. But when you launch up 19 shots, you better be scoring points. And it wasn't really impressive. You had Randall leading the way with 25 points. Uh, Taj led the boards with 11. Rose had eight assists and a bunch of people, a bunch of players uh, combined uh, to lead the Knicks in steals. So you had one steal apiece from Rose, Noel, Obi, and Taj. So... Uh, and then last but not least, you had Noel with three blocks. So those were the numbers across the board there. Um, and that was game one. So let's let's head to break again. And uh, when we get back, we'll discuss uh, um, game one, uh, game 32. Uh, when we get back, we'll discuss the 33rd game of the season. And that, th th this was a really exciting one. You know, I'm really excited about um, talking about this one because a lot a lot a lot of good happened and um i think this this will make you positive about this team going forward if you really uh, dig into some things here so we'll talk about it in one sec let's let's have to break first hey fellas so really quick before we get back into the show I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. So Knicks, Kings, man, <clears throat> so good to finally give MSG what they needed here with, with, uh, with the victory. You were hoping that we could have gave them the victory on uh, Tuesday night, but whatever, didn't happen, and um, bounced back on Thursday, and we got the win tonight. Um, again, as you're listening to this, it's probably Friday, so the game against the Kings was Thursday. Um but yeah, you get a really good performance here. The Knicks shoot 59%. First of all, they, they scored 140 points. Knicks go for 140 points. Um, and the Kings, uh, 121. So, wasn't the best defensive performance. But who cares? We won the game. And we still blew them out. Um, so, you get a shooting slash of 59% from the, full, uh, the floor. 53% from three. And 91 at the line. Um, did this with 19 three-point makes and 21 free throw attempts. So a great, great, great offensive performance from New York. 24 assists, pretty average, but, you know, we were getting buckets and the ball was moving. 
So, shout out to Alfred Payton's hamstring. Um, you know, player of the fucking game right there, Alfred Payton. Uh, you know, the guy was was fantastic. Um, you know, he, he provided a great bench presence. You know, that veteran leadership on the bench. He was the main reason the Knicks won this game, Alfred Payton. You know, sitting on that bench for all 48 minutes, getting those zero minutes of playing time, that was huge. So, got to give him a shout out. Big time player of the game tonight. Definitely Alfred Payton here against the Kings. Um, he was great. You know, the Knicks played... <laughs> the Knicks played um, excellent ball without him. No, you know, Fox did score 29 points, but don't get me wrong. You know, I would much have much rather heading into the game when I found out, you know, Peyton was going to be out. Not that I'm, you know, you're never happy for an injury, but it is a fucking hamstring, so he'll be fine. But, you know, much better matchup when you have Rose going against the Aaron Fox than, than Peyton Fox. I mean,. You got two athletic guards as opposed to a turtle versus an athletic guard. So, and and we saw we saw the difference tonight. You know, um, despite Fox's twenty nine, Barnes twenty two, Bagley nineteen, and Halliburton seventeen. Again, the Nick D wasn't great, but their offense was fantastic. The high tempo pace they were playing at, the fucking spacing on the floor, the three point shooting they provided, the ball movement, the excitement. It was fantastic. Everything. You get all that when you have two guards who can actually play a modern style of basketball. Um, so, great games from everybody tonight. But, yeah, the bench was fantastic. Um, and, and and we'll get to them all, right? I just want to break it down real quick from quarters one to four. So, uh, the first quarter. You know, you have a hot start for the Knicks. Derek Rose got the first seven Nick points. He was seven for seven to start the game, actually. But in the first quarter, three for three in the first couple of minutes, scores the Knicks first seven points. Knicks end up going up like 16 to eight after uh, Rose hits Julius for a three-point make. Kings then call a timeout. Um, Hallie Burton comes into the game. <laughs> Kings then you know go on an 11-0 run with him. Um, but the Knicks, they then make some changes. They... they insert Frank Nilakina into the game uh, in the final minutes of the first quarter. And, wow, very shocking to everybody. But at the same time, you know, you had Peyton out. Um, it was either going to be Rose or Rivers. I think a lot of people were expecting Rivers, though, to get the nod over him. But it was good to see Frank Nilakina get the go-ahead. And, and we had him playing alongside Emmanuel quickly. And I saw, I said I want it to be called Frankly. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but I saw something on Twitter which really, really, really beats me miles. I saw Quick Smoke and I fucking love that. I like Quick Smoke. <laughs> but I'm not gonna go nicknaming it yet because we did the same shit with Quivers and that lasted one game. So let let's let's take it easy here. But I do like Quick Smoke if this can become a thing. Um but yeah, Frank comes into the game, plays alongside Emmanuel quickly at the 1 2. Uh, the Knicks go on a 10 to 4 run to end the period, uh, and IQ ends up scoring eight of those points in like the final minute. <laughs> so just goes off, and the Knicks enter the second up 38 um, 29. Second quarter comes, the Knicks keep thriving. You know, quickly starts off with a mid range jumper. The first mid range jumper I've ever seen the fucking guy hit. That was nice to see him digging his bat and pull out the, uh, pull out, pull out the mid range. Uh, then hits a three pointer, of course. Uh, Frank hits a three. IQ assists it. Uh, you know, IQ gets to the line a bunch. Good, 
again, good production from those two in the backcourt there. Um, R.J. Barrett even gets a few to go. He hits a three-pointer at the end of the period, followed by Reggie three. That's followed by Julius Randle three towards the end of the second quarter. And the Knicks finished the first half up 77-62. to So one of their best first halves in a long time. Uh, had everything going for him. Third quarter comes, second half, and this is <laughs> the third quarter from hell. It seems like it's it's become a theme this year. Oh, every year it seems like. Um, they almost blow it. They really almost blow it. Huh. Tom Thibodeau with more questionable third quarter uh, decisions, I guess, just sticking with the starters for way too long. IQ doesn't come in until the fucking two minute mark in the in the in the third. You know, so he he played the rest of the game and still only finished with what 20, 20 minutes. We'll get to that, but we managed to get out of it. We managed to escape the third quarter still with the lead. Um, R.J. Barrett scored seven of his twelve points in that period, um, and the Knicks end up going up one hundred one to ninety four after three. Fourth quarter comes and fuck. I was ripping Alec Burks on Twitter. I've ripped him for a while now. He's been very inconsistent. Um, not quite Reggie Bullock level bad, but still pretty underwhelming to me. I was hoping he would become a consistent 15 points per game scorer like he was for Utah or Golden State last year off the bench. Um, but he hasn't been that. But, you know, this is a good starting point if he wants to start to turn his Nick career around. Motherfucker goes off here in the fourth quarter the dude drops, what, 15 points? Um, straight up three-point shooting. He was just flamethrowing. It was Alec Burke's takeover. Um, the guy was fucking unconscious. He was just throwing up threes and hitting them. There was a point where he hit five three-pointers in a row for the Knicks. Five threes in a row. Pulling up off the bounce. Just laughing in the defense face. Sacramento had no fucking answer. He was in one of those rhythms where you just gave him the ball. He shot it from wherever he was on the fucking floor, and that shit was going in. Um, so he ended up putting the game away for sure, extended that lead, and <laughs> helped big time give the Knicks 140 points. So just a fantastic game. And, and you know, I know it's the Kings, right? It's the Sacramento Kings. They, they don't play defense. Um, they force opponents to play at a high pace, you know, but despite, you know, they don't play D, okay, cool. They, 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 they make you play fast with them. I get it, but we also have to look at the pattern here when it comes to Alfred Payton. Not having him on the floor, right? Whenever Alfred Payton doesn't play, the Knicks are always this style. They always play this way whenever he doesn't take the floor. You know, they are far better. They are a far better basketball team when Alfred Payton is not out there. Okay, and go back to what I said just a few minutes ago. Better shooting, spacing, the pace is better. You know, we get a lot more possessions in when he's not on the floor. The ball movement is significantly better. Uh, and you just get an exciting unit. Some youth, a good veteran in Rose, and just a unit who knows how to play 2021 basketball, man. It's not that fucking hard. It's it's really simple. That's my issue here with Tibbs. A lot of his shit is so simple. Some of these fixes he needs to make is so simple. Um, and you just hope that, you know... We can see this, and, and hmm, maybe we should start Rose and have quickly be the guy off the bench to play with him and without him in certain lineups. Maybe we should do shit like that. Maybe we shouldn't just start Peyton with R.J. Barrett and ruin him completely sometimes. Maybe we should. 
You know, it's not a coincidence. They're, they're fucking Alfred Payton. The first time he doesn't play all season and the Knicks break a fucking franchise record. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Um, it's obvious, right? It's obvious. Rosen IQ just capable of hitting shots outside four fucking feet. That right there, you know, an athletic unit who can shoot the ball as well, push the pace. That's what the Knicks need. They're patient in pick and roll. They know how to play basketball. They are adopted to this modern style. You know, Rose isn't even a great shooter, but he can. He is capable of hitting the jumper, you know, on a semi-consistent basis. Where Alfred Payton, it's once in a blue fucking moon. You know, Alfred Payton's best games, like we say all the time, Payton's best performances are average, right? They're games like the other night where he scores 20 points on 19 shots or the other week where he scored 22 on 20 shots and then the next game he goes for what, 21 on 21 shots? Those are his best performances, scoring-wise. That's that's that says a whole lot, guys. You know. So, shout out to his hamstring tonight, man. Shout out to Alfred Payton's hamstring for playing big key in this victory. Um, I, I was very satisfied with it. You know, Rose ends up scoring in his first start over Payton. He goes for 18 points, three boards, six assists. Not a fucking coincidence. Um, IQ, 25 points in 20 fucking minutes, 12 out of 12 at the free throw stripe. The first Nick rookie to go 25 points and not miss a shot from the line on 12 attempts since Mark Jackson. Um, probably a very nitpicky stat, but hey, let's have some fun. Um, Burks, 24 points overall, hit those five threes. Frank, Frank was good in his first game of the season. I think he played 23 minutes. First game uh, in a while. I think he had three games earlier in the year. But, you know, he had three steals. First time he's on the board. If you're watching the podcast, this is the first time Frank's name is on the board this year. Have him here written down at the bottom of the ticker there. Frank, three steals. So, he's gotten on the board. So, give it up for Frank. First time he's on the fucking board. Um, but, yeah, you know, that that's, that's what actual defense looks like. Right? That is what actual defense looks like. So, for those of you who still completely shill this whole Peyton Reggie Bullock defense hype like they're fucking Jordan and Harper. Watch what Frank Nilakina does. And tonight was really good defensive performance. So once again I say shout out to Alfred Payton and his hamstring. Yes. Sorry, there's a fucking echo there, I'm sure. But, um, no, really, it was fucking good. And, and offensively, he looked pretty aggressive. I liked the way he played, you know. Um, there was that one, he hit three. And there was that one pull-up J um, in the mid-range off that screen there later in the second half. That it was just gorgeous. It looked like Kobe Bryant, you know. <laughs> um, listen, I'm no Frank, you know, freak. Like, like I, he's got like a fucking cult. But... You know, I do think, I do root for the guy. I really want him to be a part of this rotation, Um, but we'll see. You know, was this a final goodbye for Frank at MSG here? Or was it the opposite? Was it a game to get Tibbs to kind of reinsert him into the rotation? Um, Again, I think he can, excuse me, listen, he's not ever going to pan out to be that lottery pick, right? He was an early lottery pick for the Knicks. He's not going to be an all-star player. He's not going to be... a guy that even contends to make an all-star team one day. No. But I still think he can be a credible rotationary player. Somebody who can come off the bench and play the one or the two. 
you know, defend the three. He's a good wing to have. A defensive wing who, if he gets the shot to fall, he'll get enough minutes to where he can be labeled a 3 and D guy. But right now, he still makes a positive impact just playing defense alone. And um, I still think he should be part of the rotation. Bottom end of the rotation, sure. But I would take Frank, honestly, over fucking Alfred Payton any day of the week right now. Just, just keep this rotation of IQ, Rose, and Frank. And have EP be the odd man out, I would take that. I cannot stand Peyton. I am happy he's on the bench right now. It's a, it's a hamstring injury. You know, those things linger. So take your fucking time. You know, we don't want you to get hurt there, EP. Um, but I'm very happy that the Knicks are... I, I'm just... It's, it's so fucking obvious, man. This team plays so much better with actual guards that exist, again, beyond four feet. It's, it's, I shouldn't have to keep saying it, but saw it again tonight. Um, so, yeah, give me that rotation of those three guards any day of the fucking week. Uh, we didn't even talk about Julius, man. It's, it's, like, it's at a point where he goes tonight, 21 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists, 50% from the field, 50% from three, and it's like it's nothing. We don't even talk about it because it's become nothing. This guy's on fire all year. He's putting up LeBron James type numbers. I'm not even fucking kidding when I say that, dude. He's averaging 23, 12, and 6. Kevin loving his prime shit with the assists. LeBron James type of shit with more rebounds. Like He's not defending like LeBron. I know that. I'm, I'm not fucking comparing the two. But numbers-wise, he's putting up really, really good numbers to where he should be... Um, First of all, he deserves the All-Star um, nod, but he should be in the MVP conversation. He's not going to win it. He shouldn't win it, but he should definitely be in that top 10 combo. Um, so another night where he just balls out and people don't even talk about it because we're so used to it by now. And it's incredible how big a jump he made from year one to year two um, as a Nick. So Noel was good tonight. You know, he had eight points, seven rebounds, two blocks in 23 minutes. He's been solid since Mitch went down. He still pisses me off with his rock hard cement hands. Um, but he's been fine. He's been a fine fill-in. Um, RJ Barrett, you know, he's in a bit of a lull right now. We see that. Um, but tonight he was at least efficient, right? He was five for eight from the floor on his way to those 12 points. Um, and he was two for three from three point distance. Um, he had some more mid-range shots tonight, which I want to see more of. You know, he had some nice drives too, but, you know, I like to see him use the mid-range more because, you know, it, it's it's a good second option to have just because that left-handed drive, you know, the drive's not always going to be there for him. Um, so when defenses know what you're going to do, it's kind of difficult to be efficient. And that's why we see those unproductive nights here and there from RJ where he has these stretches where he's not scoring well. Um, so I think an important thing for him to, to kind of nail is to get that mid-range, you know, to be more consistent. And if he can become, again, you know, we talk about this all the time, somebody like DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, those two thrive inside the arc. They don't have the greatest of three balls, uh, but they can attack the rim, and they have, especially DeRozan, excellent mid-range games. And they're consistent 20 points per game scores because of that. So, that's the next step for RJ. I think three ball will work itself out. And that three ball, that, that three ball creeping up, man. You know, it's at 32% right now. 32%. It was at 18% earlier in the year. So he has fucking crept that shit up. Um, you know, I think where he finished last year was 32%. And if he can finish this year, 
I would like for him to, you know, my, my goal for him is to hit 35%, which is league average. But if he can go anywhere from 33% and up, I will take that, you know, because that means hitting one out of every three. That's a nice number to be at. And, and you work from there, you know, year to year, if you can hover around 33 to 35, I will deal with that. You know, that would be fantastic. Um, and just keep playing to his bread and butter, which again, should be the mid range. And that should be his, you know, the whole bulldozing shit he likes to do. Um, playing the post, driving, you know, cutting off the ball, getting to the rack. So, yeah, I mean, this team is playing really well. They're fucking 16 and 17. Guys, if you told me that heading into the year that the Knicks will be one game under 500 halfway through the year, just about, I would be fucking loving it. Loving every second of that. And again, it's not about, it's not just that we have victories. It's that we're getting them at the hands of quickly scoring 25 and 20 minutes, you know, a good veteran in Rose, but a lot of the youth is playing really well. You got quickly doing it. You got RJ Barrett doing his thing. You had Mitch doing his thing before he went down. A lot of the Knicks are really thriving. A lot of the young Knicks are really thriving. So we're winning, but we're making that good balance with youth. Are there things I would like to see change? I still think Tom Thibodeau can really optimize this roster even more, but for now, you know, we have to be, have to be happy with the balance we're getting at the moment. So playing really good you know and, and so i i just some knicks fans could be extremely reactionary to a point where it's like really dude we lose a game and it's all downhill it's like we start talking about Cade cunningham again uh, fuck no you know people are talking about oh this team's too inconsistent guys i would have killed we all would have killed to be inconsistent in recent years you know last year we would have killed to be labeled as inconsistent years prior we would have killed we were consistent before this season. We were consistently dog shit. So the fact that we're win-lose, win-lose, whatever, that is a huge step in the right direction, man. You know, I was talking to my buddy. He was, he's the Suns fan. I was saying how the Knicks are this year's version of the Suns in the Eastern Conference. You know, they're really, really having a good season. And they have a shot now to... To make some noise. Um, but we've got some scary shit ahead. Uh, and we're going to talk about this. The fucking schedule ahead. A little scary to me. Uh, in that second half. So once we finish this first half. I think we have a few more games. Until we can conclude the first half. Um, I don't know. Three more maybe. Uh, we got a tough second half schedule. A tough slate. Very tough slate ahead. And we're going to get into that. Um, <laughs> but first we get a quick plug. Hey fellas, so really quick before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, so it's really important that we get these games, right? It's really important that we take these victories against the teams who are struggling and are underachieving. And that's why some of those losses, like, 
you know, most recently the one against the Warriors hurt or the one against the Magic really hurt. Those stink because those are teams we are capable of beating, especially Orlando, and we didn't. Um, but it was good to bounce back tonight against the Kings, but we just have to hope that these next couple of games, who, again, not the uh, greatest of competition, we have to hope that we can take these guys too. Um, because, oh boy, the, the second half of this schedule, guys, I looked at it, whew, it's, you know, it's not pretty. Um, it's going to be tough. So we're going to read over it here. I have it on my notes. Um, we start off um, March in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, and if you guys can remember from earlier this year, way earlier, the Knicks, it was one of their first games. It was one of the first games that the Knicks had, which really started to turn heads and make everybody realize, oh, you know, this Knicks team is a pretty resilient squad. You know, they blew them out by, uh, was it 30 points? And so going to Milwaukee here to start off the second half, the Bucks are playing a little better basketball lately. You know that they're going to be looking for fucking revenge here. So they got the Bucks, then they go to OKC, capable of taking that game. Then they go to Brooklyn to play the NJ Nets. Um, you know, what can you say there? They're a powerhouse right now. They're looking really fucking good. Got to give them credit. Um, then they go to Philadelphia. The fucking Sixers are the real fucking deal this year in the East. Uh, then they head home for one, two, three, four, five games. Um four games rather against the Orlando Magic the Philly 76ers the Wizards and the Wizards again then they go on the road to Milwaukee again they come back home to play Miami and then they're in Minnesota to wrap up the month of March April begins you're hosting Dallas that's going to be fun the KP return game if he doesn't get traded those have been um some rumors have been in the headlines lately. Um, you go to Detroit, you go to Brooklyn, you go to Boston, then you come back home to play Memphis, Toronto, and the Lakers. You know, there's a good chance, a uh, great chance, AD is back by then. Go to New Orleans, Dallas, then you head back home and play the Pelicans, the Hornets, the Hawks, the Raptors, the Suns, and the Bulls to wrap up the month of April all at home. And then May, to conclude the year, you've got the Houston Rockets in Houston. Go to Tennessee to play the Memphis Grizzlies. You go to Denver to play the Nuggets. You go to Phoenix to play the Suns. You go to L.A. to play the Clippers. You stay in L.A. to play the fucking Lakers after that. Then you host the Spurs, the Hornets, and the Boston Celtics to conclude the regular season. Jesus Christ. It's a tough second half schedule. Then you take into account not just the competition, but you've got 25 of those 40 games on one day rest. And you've got six sets of back-to-backs. I mean, and this is obviously considering that COVID doesn't interfere, so knock on wood there, but still, I mean, sometimes that would be a blessing in disguise with, with the amount of competition, you know, with, with, with the competition that we're fucking having to play in, in such little time. Um, fuck, man. It's going to be difficult, right? And five of those games are, are on national television, too. So getting some love, finally. Um, not None from TNT. TNT doesn't like us. Um, they're always shitting on us, but I do like watching them. I'm watching them right now, actually. And actually, they're talking about quickly. Shaq, 
They're talking about quickly. They're talking about Robinson. I don't know what they're doing. There's like this little segment they're doing here. Fucking, this is interesting. Shaq's first name game. They had Quickly's picture. Now they've got Robinson up there. Shaq's first name game. This is funny. Um, yeah, five games on national TV. It's it's the one in Brooklyn um, in March. And they've got five home games in April uh, on ESPN. Uh, Lakers, Pelicans, Toronto, Chicago on the 12th, 18th, 24th, and 28th. So, yeah. Um, we'll see. You know, we're talking playoffs lately. I know we're excited, but if they can still be a playoff team by the end of this year with that second half schedule, fuck, will they have earned it. I mean, they've got to get some respect around the league. If they can finish out this season with this friggin' schedule and still get a playoff spot, damn well they have earned it. And it's already a successful year if they can do that, right? It's all about expectations, baby. All about expectations. Um, But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to come easy. It's going to come with a grind. You know, we're going to continue to be inconsistent at best. That's, That's my thought process here, you know. You know, they got the play-in tournament this year, obviously, from May 18th to May 21st. Um, Ian Begley uh, put out a tweet today kind of explaining everything. So you've got the seventh seed to host the eighth seed uh, for each conference, right? That's Our host, the- Rob Carbone. This is BD <laughs> What the fuck I just did? I just uh, hit the intro fucking button by accident. Sorry. All right, uh, we're back. Um... Fuck me. Where were we? Where were we? Um, oh, yeah. Begley's tweet he put out. Uh, you've, got, <laughs> you've got the seven seed to host the eight seed in each conference. That's called the seven eight game. Uh, so the winner of that game gets the seven seed. Then you've got the nine seed hosting the ten seed in each conference called the nine ten game. And the winner of that plays the loser of that seven eight game. All right, so for seven and eight seeds, you have two chances to win one game. And then if you're a 9-10 seed, you've got to win two straight. So, yeah, I mean, I think best case scenario for the Knicks after this second half, they're best case scenario, they're one of those four. They're one of those four teams, right? I don't think they're going to be any higher than seven. I don't see them being a top six. Um, that'd be great. But I do, I just, with this schedule, considering everything, the 25 one-day rest games, the the six back-to-back sets, the, the competition we have. Mm, it's going to be tough to be anything better than seven. But, you know, we are getting Mitch back at one point, hopefully. Um, so we'll see. And we have to see what we do, you know, at the deadline. You know, there's this whole Austin Rivers situation. You know, the kid's, you know, been asked about how he feels about being kicked from the rotation right now. Um, you know, he was saying, as long as I'm here, I'm here. He saying all the right things. And, and they actually asked him about Derek Rose. And he said he knew about the Rose trade since the, before the season began. He heard, you know, rumors about the Rose trade being a thing. Um, and he said the team told him after the game against the Heat on the 7th of February. So, you know, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, but he's fucking, you know, he's taking it like a pro. He's, this is Doc Rivers' son. He's going to be a fucking professional. And maybe the Sixers call and, you know, they want to save him. They rescue him and, and bring him to the Sixers. And he gets a fucking guaranteed playoff spot there. And he's on a 
really good squad and maybe the Sixers and Knicks can make a trade give us something special in return I don't know make like a shooter Seth Curry for Austin Rivers that would be cute <laughs> no never um yeah that happened but you know he's listen everybody was going nuts when he had that Utah he had a couple good games against Utah and then he really hasn't done much outside of that you know I jumped the guy I was calling this guy you know a fan favorite it's like I think we're gonna like this guy he's gonna be a bargain but at the end of the day you get what you pay for you got this cheap contract um, and you're gonna pay that money and you're gonna get that production so that same production so it's all good um, but the trade deadline is about a month away um, you know, but again I say we just stay on par here keep winning keep playing the youths and don't really do anything stupid nothing for Bill don't feel like gutting the roster and just revamping everything and starting this whole new thing just, just keep don't fuck anything up you're looking you're in a really good spot why would you fuck with anything that doesn't need to be fucked with um, you know if one of those if it ain't broke don't fix it things so I like where we are I'm, I'm proud of where the Knicks are I think Tom Thibodeau has done an excellent job getting them here um, and again, it's, it's, you gotta be happy about this. You know, we're in a good spot. So let's, uh, tell you what, let's head to, uh, one more break here. And when we get back, we'll get right into the NYY NYK question of the day. All right. Be right back. All right, so let's get to it. So in episode 215, I asked you guys, who was the last team that the Knicks faced in an NBA Finals? Now, I'm not sure if I asked you this before, so hopefully not, but that is our, that was our question for 215. And the answer to that question, San Antonio Spurs. I think it was back in 99 where the Knicks lost in five games. Um... That was that was the uh, MYY MYK question of the day for episode 215. For episode 216, for this episode of the podcast. Um, sorry. Our NYY NYK question of the day is how many different Knicks have their number retired? All right, that's it. Simple. How many different Knicks have their number retired? By the Knicks, of course. Alright, so that is our NYY NYK question of the day for episode 216 brought to you by Anchor. The best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app, excuse me, or go to anchor.fm. But um, guys, that's all we've got tonight. That's it for this episode of BD4. Thank you so much for tuning in. And once again, I hope you're having a great Friday morning, Friday afternoon, whenever it is you are listening to this. But let's hope the Knicks keep winning. Let's hope they keep winning and they keep playing their youth and everything looks fucking great and we get this playoff spot. Could you imagine? 
Madison Square Garden. In, I'm assuming that if all things go well, we get more and more fans by the time the playoffs come around. And if we do, if we do figure out a way and pull this out of our ass and make the playoffs, man, holy fuck, would this be something else? First time since 2013. Fucking Mike Woodson. It's the Mike Woodson blessing. Back on the staff. All right, guys. Let's just let's let's just stay day by day, though. I don't want to fucking get ahead of myself. So we got a lot of fucking work to do before we can even use that word. So um, Knicks are looking good. Next game is uh, I think it's in Indiana on Saturday night. So maybe R.J. Barrett will go off there because he loves playing against the Pacers. All right. So thanks, guys, so much. Um, that's all we've got for episode 216 of the podcast. Once again, if you haven't listened to BD4. Um, or subscribed to BD4 yet, be sure to do that right now. Um, you can find us on all your major platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Anchor, all of those platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to my blog, I Talk Yankees and Knicks, go subscribe to the blog. It's on my website. Follow me on social media. All that stuff, all that information, just go to my link tree to find all those links. Uh, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. Guys, thank you so much. I will see you next time in the podcast and if you like to follow along with the blog i'll see you in the blog tomorrow morning all right guys and um you know again tomorrow morning is this morning as you're listening so be sure to follow that blog subscribe to the blog and subscribe to this podcast if this is it this is all we've got for tonight bd4 episode 216 i am your host rj carbone and i'll see you next time ciao This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.